This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. The category is... Welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I'm your reluctant house mother, Angie Fernot. With me, as always, is your Vogue King of Swing, Chris Randazzo. I'm going to eat you like an after-dinner Roll-Aid. The luscious lady of ballroom beauty, Karen Randazzo. Shush, children, and listen to your mother. And my heart-thumping, house-running honey, Evan Goldstein. She was a saint. A Saint Bernard. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best slide. Okay, okay, moving on. This is episode number 211 for the week of June 25th. This week was my first pick. Okay, sorry. Whew. I chose Pose, season one, episode one, the pilot episode. But before we get into that, this is your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what you're watching, what you like, what you don't like, and what you want us to watch. We always want to hear from you. Please, pretty please, let us know you're there. So. <laughs> Hi, Ferg. <laughs> hey, Matt. What's up? Hi, Mom. Amanda, how you doing? <laughs> Mom, please listen to me. I want to rant about television. Oh. All right. So, guys, speaking of television, what are we watching this week? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, a a thrilling sensation has taken over our household. Oh my god! Oh, no. It's the best thing. It's oh, the no. best thing and the dumbest thing. Oh, no. The very dumbest thing. I don't know if I want to know. I now. Have, I'm buckling up, I'm ready yeah. to go. Oh, Netflix has made a game show out of the floor is lava. No <gasps> way! I saw that. <laughs> Wait. It is the very best, very dumbest thing. <laughs> and I mean, there's not, I can't, like, there's no point in me explaining it any further than that. The floor is lava. There's, like, a room. There's a bunch of stuff in it. Is there lava? To, like, there's lava. It's not actual lava, Damn. as our kids are very keen on pointing out that it's not real lava. Boo. Um, it's, it's water that's, it's like water and probably colored. like water and some kind of oil. There, it's it's, yeah. it's slimy. Okay. Um, to make so when it splashes on things, they get slippery, <laughs> uh, and it is also hot. Um, it, because when people get splashed with it, they're like, ah, it's hot. <laughs> okay. Um, 
and then there's a bunch of things in the room and you know they're spaced you know between three and seven feet apart and you have to like jump between them or climb over things and swing on things and it there's like multiple <laughs> routes to get through the room it looks like a ridiculously childlike version of a of american gladiator or uh blessed ninja warrior what is the ninja warrior american ninja <laughs> warrior yeah kind of except dumber <laughs> yes <laughs> and oh, there's yeah. no it's... like athletic skill to it no okay Oh my it's god! Ch- <laughs> I see tiki. Or those tiki head. No, um, is that a tiki head? Uh, yeah. There, there's Easter Island Easter heads. Island, that's in, what I'm of. Yep. They have different rooms. They're different themes. Like there's a basement and a, a bedroom, and all, the planetarium was the one we watched today. Um, based and, on this description, it, it it's kind of making me think of like a really fucked up version of Legends of the Hidden Temple. It's sort of like that, yeah. Oh my god! Except yes. dumber. Oh, how does it get dumber? <laughs> that actually was a brilliant show. <laughs> what so they they have like th- per episode there are three teams of three people that <laughs> know each other somehow, and they tr- uh, try to work together. And you try if you can get every every person you can get from the entrance to the exit is a point. Okay. And if you fall in the lava, you're like it's not just like you're out. It's like you fall in the lava, you're dead. You're not the those people are not seen again in the episode. Yeah, like again. they just the camera cuts away from them, and then like and the, the other it, teammates are encouraged to be extremely dramatic about it. It's, it is completely absurd, it and beautiful. it's it is done kind of like Ameri- uh, American Ninja Warrior, where you get the. Uh, the inspiring story of who they are and stuff, although it's not quite as inspiring because what's what makes the show work is that it doesn't even remotely take itself seriously. Not even like, kind of. The trophy that you get for winning is a thirty-dollar lava lamp, and they point out that it's a thirty-dollar lava lamp because, like, you win ten thousand dollars and this uh, this amazing prize for a grand total of ten thousand and thirty dollars. Like, they the host of it is. Is funny and it's it's done so incredibly tongue in cheek. Like it knows how stupid it is, uh, and he that's does, what makes it work. Yeah, he does the running commentary as they're going through and like <laughs> talks about like what they did and whether it worked and or why what you know. <laughs> you lost Steve. And Steve's gone, so that plan didn't work. The uh, they uh, they also do like slow mo and instant replay of some you know particularly painful looking. It really looks like people could get hurt in this show too. Like and probably do. They oh probably God. like you know landing on their faces, landing on their balls. <laughs> so uh, out of curiosity, how many people are on a team? Three people on a team. Oh, uh huh, uh huh. And what and are like can... the age ranges here? I um, mean, they they. First episode, they had, like, a mom and her teenage kids, uh-huh. and then today we, we saw an episode where, like, there was a, a teacher who was probably in his 60s. Okay. So. All right. How did he do? He died almost immediately. <laughs> Horribly. <laughs> Honey, how would you feel if I auditioned for this show? I would watch lovingly from the couch. I'm thinking my brother and sister and I would definitely excel No, no, no. You, ha- you have to work together, honey. The three yes. of you would have to work together. Listen, our, our method of cooperation is built upon a very sacred phrase. The phrase goes like this. Do it. You won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could see your brother pushing your sister into the lava and then using her as a stepping stone to get to the next item. That's still teamwork. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, if you die, but you win the show, you still get the money. So. And then one and less then person to split it. Lava lamp. It's very <laughs> crucial. Okay, it's kind of the motivating factor here. It's all about that lava lamp. Hell yeah. And if uh, so, we've been watching this with the kids, and they've like they beg to watch it at every opportunity, pretty much. Um, and if you didn't see this one coming, you clearly don't have kids. They're now like playing the floor is lava in the house. Obviously. Obviously, which I've is so been building them tracks, and it's so, <laughs> I love it. but it's so dumb and backwards too, because like this is a show that was you know born of a kid's game, The Floor Is Lava, and yeah. our kids have learned of this game from the show. It's so fucking backwards. <laughs> it's the world we live in now. They, they never would have known about The Floor Is Lava had they not made this show and they watched it. So, well, it's weird because I didn't really play that when I was a kid. Yeah, but you heard of it. Yeah, Everybody's I I, played I it at least it. once. At least, even and I guess that's the thing. Like, uh, I, I heard of it through like kids at school, so I guess you know they're not in school. And <laughs> I, I love See, the fact the way that we did it took is we this didn't and really, ran with it. Yeah, and we didn't really, We did it more more like a <laughs> um, the uh, we usually do it in the grocery store. And it wasn't the floor was lava. It was just those specific tiles. Oh, like, you couldn't yeah. step the on a black, black tile or a white. Exactly. Tile. Those ones. The, those ones were safe, but the rest of them weren't. Kind of a thing. Yeah, I absolutely See, remember that. Everybody has their own version. <laughs> this one but just yes. has the backing of Netflix and a good props department. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> and I was listening to another podcast today talk about this, and they were saying like they think it could be one of the few like covid proof productions because like the teams don't interact they don't have to interact with the host it's just like three people who know each other do the course and like if you sanitize it afterwards like just keep going there's got a minimal crew (laughs) this show is the future (laughs) there you go (laughs) the floor is lava is the future of television Mm-hmm. Oh my so, god! Yes, no... this is the best thing that we have watched in our house this yeah, week. I was gonna say, there's no downside to this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it, it's one of those things that I don't mind like kind of peering away from because I've I have not really liked any of the people on the show so far. <laughs> like yeah. there was this like trio of of dads like the dad trio and they were like uh you know yeah check out my dad bod and uh, you know we're we're manly men blah 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 and like making some like you know like home improvement level jokes and uh that wasn't really a that wasn't really there was like the you know the the youth pastors and stuff like that and i have issues with people like that and uh, it was a I don't like a lot of the contestants, so I don't mind seeing them fall into uh, pits of lava, but it's also like I, I'm totally cool with just tuning it out. I, I'm looking at, at like the Netflix layout, and it's like episode one's the basement, the bedroom, planetarium, and I'm seeing things in the level. Why are there Easter Isle statues in this person's basement? Easter Island. It's, it was sort of just like, I don't know, it was like... Indiana Jones's basement. Okay. There was a sarcophagus with a mummy in it. There was like, uh, I don't know. There was okay. all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> that we're gonna have to check that out. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you do. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good times. <laughs> it's some good comedy. <laughs> 
And I think the only other real TV that we did this week was to catch up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was well worth our time. Oh, yeah. That show is so freaking magical. Is it still ridiculous? Oh, my God. So ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Absolutely. It's, they uh, uh, they jumped. It, it feels like they're going to spend like two episodes in each historical era they visit. So the first one was like first two episodes. They were in what? The 30s. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the 30s, and then they jumped to the 50s, hmm. and so the first one they were at, like, kind of a investigating an Area 51 type place, mm-hmm. um, and trying to get, you know, trying to do whatever their mission was. The second one... It was Area 51, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, that was... The, it, it, it was, wasn't it the was, type place, it was literally Area 51, I think. You're right. So it was like, you and know. And it was funny because you picked up on that straight away. They said where they were. Like, they didn't say Roswell. They said, they said like, Groom where they. said Lake, Nevada. Yeah, and, and then I you started like, laughing. I was like, what? And then they said on the show, they, ah. Yes. <laughs> like, you really know your geography. <laughs> well, I watched a lot of X-Files. <laughs> um, I was going to say, let's not make the mistake of thinking that's a geography thing. <laughs> The last episode that aired though was um, done in like the style of a noir detective story, oh, and they so shot cool. it in black and white. That and was Coulson so cool. was like the narrator. It was it was fantastic, and that was the one that had Sousa in it. Yeah, and like not to Ooh. not to run spoilers too much, but like the, I don't I won't run the spoilers because you know if people want to watch it, they want to watch it, and I don't want to ruin anything for you guys. But like they did a good reason for why the show was in black and white. And I was I was pretty pretty happy with that, like because the the way the previous episode ended, I was like, wait, what what is that supposed to mean? Like, what are we gonna get some sort of weird evil Coulson again? Like, what what's that mean? And then it was just like, oh, this was just set up for the visual gag of everything being black and white in the next episode. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> nice. And they managed to find a way to have Sousa stick around yes, at the end of the did. episode. So now they're they're jumping forward to the 70s and bringing Daniel Sousa along. So that's fun. Nice. That's yeah, I'm pretty, pretty freaking stoked about that. I, I can't remember when I fell off of that show. Like, it's a while back. Like, they were in a... It was pre-Mist. Really? Or at oh, the point of Mist. Because oh, they were man. in the cave... And who's the, the the big black guy? Trips. Um, Mac. 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 Mac was like they had a. I feel like they had to fight Mac at one point in time. Like, right? Yeah, he got like taken over by something. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, and honey, that was, we have to watch. The, the, and that was a while ago. Because yeah. of the whole Inhumans thing, like I was. That's where the phrase they kept shoving the Inhumans down my throat. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't know. And that's when I fell off of that show. Hmm. So yes, also Agents of Shield, well worth anyone's time. Yes, watch it. Okay, catch it. Yeah, it's great. What about Ooh. you guys? Um, yeah, so I haven't really been watching TV the last week. I've had kind of a heavy workload, so we did watch more Avatar today. We watched the two watch. Where are you guys up to? Hold we on. are at the season finale for season one. Yes. For book oh, one. okay. So you're in the the Northern Water Tribe. Yes. Uh, the Northern, Northern Water Tribe. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so we are at um, we're in season two. Oh well, yeah. You keep talking, and I'll. I'll no, I was gonna say, where where are right. you guys at in season two? Okay, so we are at um, we got past. Did I talk to you guys about Zuko alone? Yes. Yes. So yes. he wa- We watched that episode, and he was. I think he 
kind of got it. Like they were both quiet and watching it, which I was kind of surprised by. So um, we're past the point where Appa's been taken by the uh, the Sandbenders, Ugh. and <laughs> which was like. <laughs> John looked at me at the end of that episode like really kind of distraught and I was like oh buddy (laughs) what the hell dad why do you let me watch this it was because there was it wasn't just like it it wasn't just that one right it was the one where they that that wasn't the one right there was Appa's missing for like three episodes yeah, they were. It was kind of distraught when Appa was taken, but it was the one that we watched today. I think uh, it was the one where they find the Sandbenders, and Aang like gets really pissed and goes Avatar state, mm-hmm. and then Katara calms him down by like taking his hand and hugging him, and then like the episode ends with him just crying, and it was the saddest thing. <laughs> and John was just like, he turned around and looked at me with this look like, why are you doing this, sweet dad? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I could tell that he he got that. Like, he really understood how upset Aang was, and that was like, it was kind of wonderful. But he's he, he, he's still digging it, and sometimes it'll be like, can we watch another one? And that's how I know. Because, like, it's, it's hard to tell with him sometimes, because he's not, like, run around pretending to be an earthbender anymore or anything like that, but we finish watching him and he wants to watch more of him and see what happens next. And I think he's, he was digging, like we, we got past the episode where Iroh uh, teaches Zuko how to redirect lightning. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those, that was one of those scenes. Like I couldn't wait to show him because it's such a great explanation of knowledge, you know, where he goes to the whole, whole speech about, you know, if you, pull all your knowledge from only one place then it becomes rigid you want to learn from all walks of life and I was like this is just such a freaking important message and I'm so glad that he's paying attention to it and and kind of soaking it in and it's yeah it's wonderful all the the lessons that he's learning from the show and um it's just wonderful watching him try to piece together what he knows and what he remembers and how much he's picking up on the subtle things like in the episode where that we watched for this show a while back where uh um Azula uh basically like cripples Iroh where she shoots him with a uh, fire and then gets away when everyone's together and like there's this just quiet bit where Toph recognizes him when he's on the ground uh after being hurt because you know she can't see him but she recognizes him uh after he gets hit and whatnot like there's all these little quiet moments and piecing that all together, he thought the library was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thought that that the owl, the owl demon, was really cool, and uh, it's just been great. It's just been so goddamn good. And I was complaining about this a couple weeks ago. One of the news stories that I just brought up today is that uh, the HD versions are now available on Netflix. That's, yep. Yeah, that's great. Uh, which I, I, I was just like, why the heck? Like, how is Netflix not doing this in HD? And apparently they didn't have the rights to. Which That's a weird. different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, why is it a different like a different set of rights to stream the show in HD? What the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> well, like, you gotta get your money somewhere. Someone's <laughs> gotta pay for something somehow for something, so. Yeah. It's just complete friggin' insanity. But yes, um, that's where we are. That's going very well. I'm thrilled about it. And, uh, yeah. 
the end. Cool. Nice. Cool. Go team. Yeah. Go team. Oh, oh, we watched the cactus episode, the cactus <laughs> juice episode today. And John thought that was hilarious because uh, Sokka high on cactus juice is legitimately hilarious. I completely forgot that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into the cave with the cave with the hornets, and like he's like, "Wow, the cactus juice is starting to wear off. Ooh, what's this gooey stuff in the wall?" And he starts eating it, and Katara's like, "What is wrong with you? You spent the whole day high on cactus juice. And the first thing you do is lick random gooey stuff on the wall." Obviously. <laughs> oh. oh, and and Karen walked in on a pretty funny joke when he, he's a uh, the episode where Aang is learning how to earthbend and Sokka's stuck in the ground and he said he would give up sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Speaking of sarcasm, when we were watching, there was a a scene where Sokka is talking to Katara about uh, her optimism. (laughs) Are you, are you calling me a liar? No, you're an optimist. Sort of the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so good. And I looked at him and then there was another line where they were like, uh, uh, you know, Katara and Anger are complaining about like the waterbending stuff. And, and then they're like, oh, wait, we could go practice together. And he's like, oh, great. Everybody's happy but me. And they're like, yeah, well, that's you, Sokka. You're never happy. Like, <laughs> Kind of a miserable character. It was great. Oh. <laughs> All right, so anybody else a television shares? Honey, I know you've watched a few things. Yeah, I, I caught up on Harley Quinn, um, that DC show, and I I really, it's way out of continuity, so like if you're a fan of the character in the comics, it's that, it's a sort of movie version comic book, but it's not in anywhere, shape, or form continuity. Uh, she kills all of the Injustice League pretty much. Um but there, there's a, 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 a series, like, at the beginning of each episode, they have this sort of, like, previously on, but it's not a previously on. It's, like, two dudes or two characters from the show sitting on the couch recapping what has happened in previous episodes. And one of them, I don't remember exactly the conversation, but one of them was just this random comic book fan talking to another guy. And one of them was, like the you know, the like the comic shop owner from the simpsons like that type of mentality and it's like oh i hate this show why are we watching this and then the other guy's like have have you even watched it why would i waste my time and then he, that guy starts prattling off a bunch of information about what happened before and then the other goes do you know a lot about this show for not having watched it's like i can google and it's like <laughs> it's actually it's quite funny and like like I said before, uber violent, the, the, the vulgarities out the wazoo. Um, but it's 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 just a neat little timeline that they're going through. It's the 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 whole Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy romance that is is always talked about in the comics, and it's just fun. Um, what else? What, I watched something. That, what did I watch? Oh, I just finished watching an episode of Star Girl. Oh yeah. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? All right. So in the comics, there was the J- Justice Society of America, which was like the Justice League before the Justice League. And um, they apparently, the, the way this story goes is they perish and one girl takes up the mantle of, which who was Starman, is now 
the mantle is being worn by a girl, so it is Star Girl, and she's got he has powers from this mystical staff, and it's it's a teen CW Arrowverseian kind of show. It's I've only watched one episode. There's a Wilson brother in it. I don't I can't remember which is which. I think it's Luke Wilson. Sure. Um I like seeing all, like these these are these are characters that are real deep cuts. Our man and and you know like oh, who was the 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 boxing wildcat was in it like but the, it's the only they were in it because you got to see their death scenes pretty much and that was it. So this I don't know who this is. This I don't know where this came from. You know what I mean? Like this is not the mm-hmm. Justice League. This is not Wonder Woman. This is not Superman. Like this is Star Girl. This is this is a deep cut for it to be part of the the Arrowverse CW. It's all right, but I have only watched one episode of it. I mean, walking in to see you watching it, you're you looked less than enthused. Yeah, I'll put it that way. I, my my neck was also hurting at that point in time. It wasn't bad. Just wasn't, you know. I mean, there is no Iris West in it, so that means it was oh way better than some. So you hate her way oh too my much. God, I'm starting to think Does you hate know? her so much it's wrapping back around. <laughs> um, what else? Can can one hate Iris West too much? No, 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 not well, at all. Uh, I guess it depends on how hateful you are. Of course, Castle. Ghost Hunters. Um, we haven't really watched Castle this week. We've only watched like two episodes. I'm disappointed in us. We did get to watch Castle PI though. Yeah, we did. When he when he finally gets his private investigator's license and he's like half a step in front of everybody in the police force, which I found amusing. But other than that, it's been a relatively slow week. I, I watched another, one other show, but we'll talk about that later because it's probably going to be the homework. Ooh. So. I see. Oh, well. Foreshadowing. Bum, bum, bum. Guys, I live with him, and I don't even know what it's going to be. <laughs> I did also watch Zoom. Anybody remember that movie? No. Okay, so, <clears throat> nope. Oddly, you you <laughs> mentioned Tim Allen. Okay, Tim Allen was in a, a Disney superhero movie similar to like sky high oh yeah <laughs> i do that remember cut, that yeah. <laughs> so i i got i acquired that i was like ah what the hell i got a couple of hours to waste that i'm not going to require to get back so put that on it's cute oh my god <laughs> okay moving on let's talk about some news <laughs> i can't i can't believe you just brought up tim allen again why not i don't know all right. So, Chris, it was your birthday. Is, is this first news article a great birthday present? Uh, which one is it? Cobra, Cobra Kai? Kai. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Right? Cobra Kai is such a freaking good show, and it d- didn't get anywhere near the um, the notoriety that it deserves because who's paying for YouTube Red, right? Other than Dan. Besides, besides Dan, who's paying for YouTube Red? Dan and Um <laughs> So uh, yeah, that this is coming to Netflix is is wonderful. Is just absolutely wonderful. Oh, did, did you act? Did, did we read the article? Did they get the rights to the first two seasons? Yes. Yes. Cool. They're putting the first two seasons on there, and they're making season three. And that is honestly where this show belongs. Like it's it's such good news. This is going to reach a much broader audience on that uh, on that service. 
But with that I'm, said, it's not that it needs like the Netflix like wallet, like the the, the production and all of that story. Like it is well done. It just needs to be on a different service. Exactly, it just <laughs> needs a different channel, and uh, that yeah, that yeah, exactly. It needed a different service because YouTube Red was not something that very many, <laughs> if any, people were willing to pay for. Which is, I feel uh, like YouTube I, I, Red I, spent all of their money on this show. <laughs> And well, I don't know about that. It's not like the actors that they got to do this show are probably all that expensive. So, excuse oh me. <laughs> well, okay. Aside Ralph from that, Ralph Macchio alone. <laughs> oh God. Yes, I bet he grabs a pretty hefty price tag, doesn't he? <laughs> I I will admit to you guys that I have not really watched this show yet, even though I had access to it. Um, I watched parts of episodes as Evan was watching some of it and that was pretty much my experience of watching the show and the worst part of that is like I liked everything that I saw I honestly have no explanation for why I didn't watch it other than I just didn't do you have the nostalgia for it I liked Karate Kid when I was a kid like a lot because I did martial arts but for whatever reason like I don't know it just never I think I think I just didn't like daniel <laughs> you didn't like the good guy <laughs> i didn't well like in karate oh, I, kid or the mo- or Mr. In the Miyagi show. was like i wanted more of him man like that's honestly i think i just i was like look okay i was i was a weeb all right i didn't i didn't want some white boy i wanted like somebody interesting <laughs> okay that's kind of how i think i felt about it so it just didn't hit me the same way and so the nostalgia, like it didn't, I don't know, but I like martial arts things. So I really have no explanation for why I haven't watched it other than someone just needs to sit me down and make me watch it. All right, we will. Put it this way. I don't have the Karate Kid nostalgia. I didn't get into it as a kid and I found the show tremendously compelling. So see, yeah. I like that. Yeah. That, and, that, and that was, and that was my point. That's what I was going to say, because I remember Karen saying that when we, we talked about this, when it first came out, um, it's a good show. Like, no matter what nostalgia level you have for it, it was a, it was a well-done show. Yeah, like I said, I, I totally... I could see that in the production of it. I just, like... I don't know what kept me from watching it more. But also, small side note, I will say, like, even with shows that I love, like Doctor Who, where I've got a history of watching season after season and then re-watching some of those seasons, I'm not watching that anymore either. Like, I don't know what's wrong with my TV game right now, but... It is all out of whack. Mm. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to work on that. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> all right, what else? I'm just owning Sorry. it up. All right, so very exciting. Next up on the agenda, oh, yeah. uh, Chris already kind of covered this. Netflix has added a major update to Avatar. This coming from uh, comicbook.com. So, and I got excited when I saw this. I thought it was possibly news on the live action. <laughs> I, that's what I was looking for because there are some things they do drop a few little things about like oh in case you didn't know there's a live action adaptation coming <laughs> but we told you that months ago yeah. and we have no new news on that and so. then they were like oh by the way there's rumors about the fact that they're also going to start filming for One Piece and I was like is that Avatar then why do I fucking care <laughs> but also yeah. One Piece fans congratulations you know. yes congratulations <laughs> I, I think that's a really strange choice for live action yeah there's so like that's like taking JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and making it live action. Like, what are you doing? 
Like, One Piece is about a dude with stretchy arms. Yeah. That's not easy is to do really in the is? best of circumstances. Yeah, the, all well, of the characters just are completely about outrageous in that yeah, show. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. It. So, I, I don't know, <laughs> so man. So, f- fully coolie level bonkers? Because that is my go-to for bonkers. Uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know where we're going that far. I never, I never got that into either of them, because both of them were just outside of my realm of giving a shit. Yeah, Chris made us watch a fully coolie episode. I watched I it, really but it's just a, it was one of the it was the same thing with One Piece. I watched like one or two episodes of each, and I was like, "Not for me, thanks." I don't know. Hmm. Well, fully coolie is definitely. I mean, that show is is an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. It's that show is just weird for the sake of weird, mm-hmm. and I do not begrudge anybody not liking it. It was. Um, the show hit me at this at the exact right point in my life, and the music is incredible. I I, I just that's adore fair. that the music in that show. So, that's really where that comes from for me. But um, it's it's, uh, it's one piece I could never get into because it's like this this swashbuckling pirate anime where the dude's arms stretch like Mister Fantastic, and it's like see, I thought it was just a pirate adventure. I didn't realize he was bendy. He's bendy. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how you're going to do that in live action. But more importantly, I don't know why you're going to do that in live action. (laughs) (laughs) There are just some things that you don't need to do in live action. And that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, um, you know, just give us Avatar. Please, dear God. Just give us Avatar. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about that live action Avatar. I really am. Yeah. And... I mean, I I want more of that universe in general. Like, uh, I I also thought Korra was was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for it wasn't. It's not as good as Avatar, uh, which is kind of a kind of a bummer in a in a couple of ways. Uh, and I do think that its uh, its love story at the end was not exactly earned. No, um, it kind of came out of nowhere yeah. and. I I was I, I that that bothered me because it's like it's it's a representation thing, uh, but it's also like well, okay, but just because it's show just because it's showing some representation, it doesn't mean that it's well written, and you still gotta like that's gotta come from somewhere. Like there was not exactly a lot of chemistry between those two characters leading up to that point, and it was just like, all right, <laughs> okay, but. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But uh, uh, there were other uh, there were other issues with with Legend of Korra. Not really issues, but like it, it didn't have the same kind of through line as Last Airbender did because you know Avatar had that whole like you got to fight the Fire Lord and that's yeah. how you're going to win the day. And Korra was more like every season had a different big bad. And there were different and big bads and I felt like even within each season there were aspects of the plot where it would just feel kind of disjointed. Um, yeah, um there was there was definitely issues like that too. Yeah. For sure. And I, I know what you're saying. I mean I, I have mentioned this before. I don't know if I've mentioned it here on uh talking to you guys, but like that was something that the when I first saw I had like culture shock when I first watched Legend of Korra because for those of you who haven't watched it Please, please go watch. Um, it's great. We're we're but, bitching about it a little bit, but it is great. Yeah, like so. Just 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 be aware that if you if you haven't watched it, I'm a little bit mad at you. But also, 
Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> get your she shit still hasn't watched Avatar yet, so we're, we're, um, we're getting there. She'll see it eventually. But the well, the thing that I would say is that it like for me it was very jarring because I was so deeply attached to the original Airbender series, and then this jumps forward in the future, obviously because it's a new Avatar. But it the world in which they live is so vastly different from the previous world and. It, it was like it was I couldn't do it and and her like uh, Cora as a character she's you know angrier and more pig-headed and she's completely bullish. different from Aang yeah, which is awesome it is <laughs> like it, it the thing is like I think that that's actually one of the things that after I went back and I was watching it again I loved how different she was because she has to her struggles are very different from Aang's and they should be because she is not the same person. But when like, it's not really a spoiler for new viewers. She's raised as the avatar. Like she does get the chance to grow up properly, uh, sort of, I mean, for an avatar. And, uh, and like with all of that training, she's so, she's still kind of like a spoiled entitled brat. A little bit. And, <laughs> and she has to learn to, to get over that. Yeah. And also, I, I mean, they they set the tone for that so brilliantly in the first yeah. episode of the show yeah. when you first meet her as a little kid. Yes. Like, are you sure she's the Avatar? <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> and then, effectively, my daughter shows up. <laughs> I'm the Avatar! <laughs> Deal with it! <laughs> Throwing fireballs and earthbending at, like, age three. my daughter shows up. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so true. I want to draw her as the Avatar now. Please do. Oh, my it, God. That, that was... Uh, Seriously, that was just amazing. That was amazing, and I, I <laughs> see. I, I hear you on the culture shock thing, and I don't mean to turn this into Avatar cast, but uh, like, I was one of the things I was I loved so much about that show was like, well, what what I always want to know more about the world after stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I always want to know, okay, well, what happened after this was all done? And the comic books covered so much mm -hmm. fascinating material of like, well what the hell happened you know how did how did i mean i don't want to spoil stuff but yeah. how did they what happened now that the Zuko's war is mom. over <laughs> oh my god did you did you ever read that one no dude okay That's don't even get crazy. me started on this. this is like a podcast for a whole nother day guys <laughs> seriously will, yeah this we're gonna stop here because i could seriously talk about this forever but like uh, yes as could i but dude oh read god. that yeah read that I know. read I know. The, the whole thing that happened to Zuko's mom it's crazy good i owe it to but myself those, and to um, all of humanity those <laughs> comics were really cool but this this is like so how did technology... Th that was all stuff that happened right after Avatar. Yes. Korra was like, well, what? how did technology advance? What is a modern, a somewhat modern society where people can do these things look like? And they took all that shit into account. Like, yeah. the different kinds of jobs and the Class evolutions systems. of the powers and stuff. Like, yeah. as the, you know, bending gets more advanced as time moves on. And, and like metal bending is a thing that's taught and they actually go into that in the comics too where that's Toph so cool. opens her metal bending school what? which is so cool oh my god okay alright okay yes honey <laughs> I, I got, I'll got. i get them for you it's I okay. love you thank you okay alright so All right. next piece of news before we start nerding out again about Avatar um, HollywoodReporter.com is reporting that Lucifer has been renewed for season 6 as a Netflix as Netflix reverses course okay someone 
please? I didn't. I, I literally read the headline, and that was it. I've that, never watched Lucifer. That's well. I I was always a fan of that show. Um, it got it got canceled, then got saved, then it got put on break for Corona, and season five. Part a part of season five has only been released, and they're waiting for the rest of it to come out because they still yet to finish it. But with all of that being said, it has been renewed because they thought season five was going to be. The, the final, final season. season. Yeah. And it's not. It is being renewed for a sixth season. For a final, final season. Yes. As they put in there. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's always been that way with Lucifer for some reason. Um, I don't know. I was. I always liked the show. I liked him. He's the devil. It's charming AF. And I. it's just, it was just an entertaining show for me. And I'm glad that it, it found the new home because it's. it was a quality show. It was good storytelling. And it's a comic book th- property, so... Uh, more comic book more gooder we do gravitate toward those and speaking of comic book properties i'm so ready for this screen rant is reporting why the last man show will be moving from fx to streaming on hulu but for me this is all new news because i didn't know that they were making a why the last man tv series and i am so fucking stoked ha okay what I, don't you listen to our show apparently not no. i mean the thing God. is i get most of my news from you guys when it comes to television and pop culture but there are things that i just miss and apparently like this felt so familiar when i was reading it so i must have heard it and then just forgotten (laughs) because i was like man i gotta go back and like reread my why the last man stuff and then i don't remember why i had that thought and then i see this article and i'm like is this related somehow oh my god it is (laughs) it is honey i'm so fucking excited oh my god so i am terrified but i'm also yes Yes. and the terror (laughs) kicked up a notch when they had to recast the lead actor Mm. Then yeah, now, I don't want to poop in anyone's cereal, but now moving to another network is it's just not boding well. But it's going from a cable network to a streaming service. to a streamer, and that so. whatever that's fine. It just it just seems fraught with problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look at um, Lock and Key. That was okay. a property that was fraught with pro- like movie, other te- television show, years and years ago. And then it came out and it was a quality product. So I'm keeping fingers crossed. I want to watch this. So here's hoping that Hulu gets it done. Oh my, yeah, I'm, I am like, uh, I, I am frothing at the mouth to, uh, to watch it's this. It's true, you guys. He's, I gotta get him a towel. <laughs> but, uh, but it's still not the type of towel he needs for Star Wars, so we're okay. <laughs> See, why did you have to do that? We just made it through a 40-minute rant about <laughs> Avatar, Shit, and you have to bring hell? up Star Wars, honey? Oops, Come on That now. was a big oops. Just kidding. Moving on. Ha ha ha. Don't worry about it. Listen, all I can say is just I'm glad that they're making so many te- television shows that are inspired by comics because i feel like if there's anything that's going to keep the comic industry going like this is it you're going to need new content Mm, where do you turn for inspiration comics and there's still like if you look at kickstarter man there are so many comics that are coming out now that are indie titles and like oh my god what if this stuff becomes popular enough imagine if um chris's book got optioned oh yeah so we've got this friend okay listener errs (laughs) <laughs> all all listeners all please five of you yeah you know <laughs> hear us out okay you've got to look up this artist his name is chris campana last name c-a-m-p-a-n-a 
Okay, look him up. He is so amazing. And he is kickstarting a project right now. Uh, I feel like Evan should talk about it because I cry whenever I talk about this project. But it's it's beautiful. And it, he's, oh my God, he's just so good. He's so good. We love him. We have so much of his art. So, like, I've said this before. I've read a lot of comic books. This is the, like, this, the story that he has done in the past. He did one for a single trade. It was the most moving story I had ever read. It's called The Adventures of Parker Reef. And now he is kickstarting for the sequel or the second story, second part of that story. Mm-hmm. And I, I I mean, I, I jokingly say this, but if that was to be turned into a miniseries, I like tears guaranteed. Like it is such a moving moving story so to to quickly sum it up because we're not actually telling you anything right now uh the story is about his wife and child who passed away uh or i'm sorry i think it was a long time girlfriend i'm just gonna say wife because they were together long enough it counts um but she uh unfortunately passed away shortly after after giving birth to their son parker and so um she you know he lost both the love of his life and his son in the same day um in a span of 15 minutes so it it was completely unexpected and it was of course like life destroying and this is what he's done with all of that pain and heartache he's taken all of that and turned it into this incredibly beautiful and moving comic book story and i can't i'm gonna stop talking because i'm already tearing up i can't i just can't chris you're my hero you really are man i hope you listen to this someday and i hope you become super duper famous and don't forget about us the story comes from the the perspective of his family members his wife and child in the afterlife and the son is trying to find his find out answers to questions that he has yeah he wants to uh, meet his dad for like just a second and like come back like just just have a minute to like enter the world where his dad lives and that and all of that information is really just in the pitch the yeah the, the amount of emotion and and heart that is put into this is phenomenal yeah so definitely get a box of tissues while you read okay thanks that is that is our gratuitous plug for yeah. our friend <laughs> for the episode i'm sorry guys we just had to like you if you want something to read this is it but that's the point. Like, there's so much good content out there that, you know, they really don't have to create anything. All they have to do is go to a local comic shop. And yeah. This, it doesn't have to have a cape either. Want a new television show? Read a comic. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Last bit of news for tonight. We have, oh my God. <laughs> someone, I, uh, someone on this show is apparently a big fan of this. I don't know who. Okay, so... This is another Screen Rant thing. Uh, Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries revival trailer keeps the classics creepy music. Also, let's just jump into the fact that there is going to be a revival of Unsolved Mysteries, and the first six episodes come out July 1st. So I just found this article today. I didn't even know the show was happening, and I immediately went to Evan, and I was like, did you know about this? And he was like, no, why do I care? And I was like, what? So, yes, this is very important news, okay? I honestly don't remember a single fucking thing about that show except for the host and like all of his weird questions and the fact that they were nobody. like reenactments. Didn't he, didn't he just ask like you the the viewing audience? Yeah, he would ask questions. <laughs> it was like rhetor. It was basically like rhetorical questions. Like let's be real, it wasn't even. It was just, but it was that voice and he like the weird lighting and it was just I don't know. Like it was, it was Robert Stack, right? Uh, I don't remember his name. I yes, think it was. Yes, yes, Robert, it was Robert Stack. Stack. It's in the article. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but I feel like 80% of the answers led to aliens, but I'm really not sure. But like the the original the original show, it says that it had stars like Matthew McConaughey, uh, Cheryl Hines, Taryn Kill- Killam. Taryn Gilliam? No, Taryn K I L L A M. I don't know who that is, but still, oh. they were listed, so I feel like it's important. Okay. Um, uh, Daniel Day Kim, Day Kim. I don't know. I don't know who these other people are, but Matthew McConaughey, I recognize that. Daniel Day Kim was a uh, um, Jin from Lost. There you go. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just, I'm very, I'm very excited for this to come back because I do love me some good. Uh, oh. What? Oh I just remembered God. something else that we watched. What? We watched that creep show. show oh, yeah. And it was so cornily good. <laughs> It had, yeah, that was an interesting way to phrase that. Like, I feel like you're lying. I it was creep show. It was a short form creep show, and it was I enjoyed the hell out of it. Got me a couple times with the jump scares. Yes, there were some good ones, but it was like overall oh, the head. Okay, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely a good show. Would recommend. So, um, sorry, I re- yeah. I just remember that as you were saying this creep this show vibes. No, show it's fine. Vibes. I just you know I love me some good. Uh, true or mostly fictitious pretend true crime whatever you know supernaturally things um so i'm I'm looking forward to this 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 will be a good fun way for me to fill my time when i am home alone and want to be scared forever there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and i will be watching flora's lava because no thanks yeah see i think i should take a page out of your book honestly i stress myself out <laughs> You just need to watch Flora's Lava. That's all you need to do. I, I, I think I will. And everything will be okay. Aww. And then I'll watch Cobra Kai after that. Yes. Yes. That sounds perfect. like a plan. I'll watch Cobra Kai and then train for Flora's Lava by watching Flora's Lava. There you go. Excellent. I love the plan. Oh, it's such a good plan. <sighs> okay. All right, ladies and gents. We're going to take a short break, but we will be back. And then we're going to talk about really good stuff, like Pose, the thing that we're supposed to talk about. It's like the main event. So stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content, no matter what your geek is. Each week, you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, GeekAid is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. All right, nerds, welcome back. So, this week, our television show of choice, my very first pick, which I'm very proud of, is uh, Pose 
season one, episode one. It's the pilot episode. So um, we're going to be jumping into our thoughts, feelings, and discussion of the episode. But before we do that, um, I just wanted to give you guys a little edumacation because uh, I, as I watched this show, um, was a little bit confused about certain things. I don't know much about drag culture and I don't really know anything about the 80s. Other than I was born in them, and there were really good action oh movies. Oh my god, that hurt my chest a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Can you tell who the baby is on this podcast? Holy shit. <laughs> um, uh, I was so, born in them. Yeah. What she said. Sorry, guys. I don't know. I liked a lot of 80s music. My mom had big hair and wore a lot of leggings. Uh, hey, I was born in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, barely. Barely. and 81, oh. same year as Mario. Thank you very much. I mean, um, <laughs> relax, you. <laughs> All right, you so, want to pretend you're a baby like Angie? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not that much of a baby, guys. Let's just, okay, well, we're going to settle down now. That's Anywho. fine. So moving on. So a couple things. Um, this show is about, uh, it's got a lot to do with uh, drag and voguing and ball coat culture of the it, it's not ballroom i did have to correct myself on that multiple times leading up to this so if you think i'm wrong i'm not um but it was uh the ball culture and all of these things revolved around uh the plot of this show so actually the plot revolves around these things i should say um so i just thought it was really important to kind of just look at like what these things are uh, a really big part of the show like the very first scene is all about uh, the ball culture and so you know these characters walk into other things happen leading up to this but they walk into this room full of people and I'm expecting this to be like one of those like street dancing battles you've got judges and like there's an MC and he's yelling and telling us like the 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 theme is and is it, I don't know it's just insanity it's insanity and then they like they strut. They strut like they're on a catwalk and they do weird poses. And I'm like, what the actual fuck is happening here? That's ball culture. So um, ball culture consists of events that mix performance, dance, lip syncing, and modeling, which now it makes more sense to me after having looked that up. And the events would be divided into various categories and the participants would walk and compete for prizes and trophies. Um, Interestingly enough, ball culture actually began in the late 1800s in defiance of wearing drag. You know, of course, it was not socially acceptable, but it also wasn't considered legally acceptable in a lot of ways uh, and places. And so because of that, um, communities would, you know, kind of be like, well, fuck you very much. I'm going to do this anyway. Uh, and it became this like underground cult following. But of course, black and Latino communities were often either excluded or they could compete, but they couldn't win prizes. So ultimately, the black and Latino communities were like, all right, cool. Well, we're just going to do our own thing. And that's kind of how this show came to be, where it's following, I guess, kind of like the height of that in the 80s. And um, the great thing about it is that when you're watching, I mean, the, the very first scene you see them talk about well the the theme is royalty and they come out in all of this ridiculous garb and um the the main characters that you're watching they actually had broken into a museum and stolen uh like displays <laughs> displays yeah like actual <laughs> like royal artifacts and garments uh from this museum 
And so they show up and then they're walking the, the quote unquote runway in all of this garb and then they get arrested. And they know they're going to get arrested, but they they had just enough time to like come up and win the contest. And the whole thing, like, and they're walking and they're strutting and I was like, what in the hell is this? But the importance of this is that ball culture the categories would epitomize and satirize um, like the genders and social classes and it would you know take it to like very far extremes but they were judged on like the costumes the appearance the attitude and how like vogue you were Um, and that leads to voguing which was a dance style that originated in harlem ballrooms in the 1970s um but most people actually know it from madonna because she had the music video that made it popular um but she stole it from willie ninja who was a member of the ball scene um that i did not know yeah so willie ninja he was actually a house father and he had the house of ninja fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love that name so much um i don't know if he makes an appearance in the show i just learned about him while i was looking up voguing because as i was watching like going into this you know if you read stuff about the show they're like oh it's it's kind of like uh somebody described it as like a dance kind of musical type show so i'm expecting like full-on dancing and when people started voguing i was like what what's happening like, what are they doing? I don't get this. So know these things going into the show. It will make it a little bit better to understand. Um, and then voguing in itself, if you don't actually know what that is, it's basically where, like, think of Vogue magazine. That's where the term came from. It says if you're posing to be on the cover. So when you're voguing, it is an actual style of dance where you're mimicking poses that are held by models with an emphasis on, like, hand and arm movements while you walk and run and dance down the catwalk. Like, I don't know if you guys saw um the scene at the end when the two guys are like dancing against each other and the one guy has like the sunglasses on his eyes and then he does this thing i'm like trying to do it with my hands so i figure out how to describe this where he makes like a box sort of in front of his face and then he like lifts the glasses from his eyes to the top of his head in one smooth beautiful movement did you guys catch that no no i can't say specifically i noticed it oh my god it was so good it was so good (laughs) so yeah so that was just a little stuff uh, about this um, and it's very much about the LGBTQ community and the um, AIDS at that time um, what did you guys think I mean I feel like this was a show that took some of us out of our comfort zones so how did we feel go ahead I'll say this um, we finished watching it and uh, Chris went Hmm. <laughs> and I like was really surprised by that that little hmm. Um and it turned out that it meant that he was pleasantly surprised by it and enjoyed it more than he thought he would. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh I was pleasantly surprised that he enjoyed it. Uh I also enjoyed it. Um I didn't know of this show. I had never uh never got a chance to watch it, so I'm glad you did pick it. But um but I didn't know of it. I can't say I know all of this amazingly intense research that you did angie but i knew that i knew the basics of you know the uh premise of the show and where it was based and what it was about um i just i'm just glad to see this kind of representation on tv mm-hmm. uh i just there's nowhere there's nowhere else doing stories where the main characters are trans there's no, just no this else is doing that. Currently, as far as they're reporting, this show is the largest cast of transgender um, uh, actors and actresses I- I- ever. 
Mm-hmm. So I really like that about this show because that representation is just incredible. Um, and the, you know, I think that it, it's kind of, it takes it and it kind of normalizes it more, which is what you want from your pop culture and your, mm-hmm. your yeah, television. it normalizes it. And it, it like, it, it, we get to find out more about, uh, stories that, you know, we haven't heard before, mm-hmm. like enough of the dumb hetero white people falling in love stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want to know what happens for these people mm-hmm. and what, what their lives are like and what their problems are. Yeah. And also, um, one of the other things about this is I, you know, I have friends that like do burlesque shows or they like to dress in drag and I've talked to them a little bit about like the aspects of like, you know, most of my friends that I've spoken to are drag queens. I know one drag king and they, we've mostly just talked about like the makeup and the, the thrill of the performance for people. But I never thought about like how important it could be for their identities and I've only really talked to one of my friends about that. And he, he was one of the people who, like, really strongly encouraged me to watch the show. Um, and so, like, I just picture drag. Like, I'm so used to, like, you know, if like this over-the-top thing, I guess, like, previous representations that I've seen where it's, like, very obviously a man who has, like, balloons tucked into his T-shirt and, like, giant arms and like you know like very much like dressing in drag i wasn't expecting like actual like transgender uh women or like the diversity of cast that they're showing and i actually even like paused the show at one point and i asked evan i was like is that a transgender person or is that somebody just pretending to be? And then I started looking it up after I watched the show because I genuinely didn't know. And that's when I found out that the whole, like not the whole cast, but a majority of the main cast is actually transgender. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was just like crazy to see because I've never, I've never seen that before. So I loved, I loved that representation. I really did. Um, And I think that the acting is beautiful. The, the, cinematography was really good but i think okay us ladies we've said enough boys tell me your well, thoughts so all right um going into this i wasn't really looking forward to watching it because i i didn't know anything i didn't know anything about it mm-hmm. uh and then i saw the imagery on uh netflix and i saw a few seconds of the trailer and i was like okay this is going to be one of those shows that's like really good but is nothing but negativity and it's really not what I want in my life right now uh, like just something extremely dramatic and extremely difficult to watch because it's just bad things happening to people is was what my initial impression was and then I got a little confused at the start because I thought that they were trying to tell me that the boy that was kicked out of his house was the the woman that was leaving that crew Blanca. like that was her past yeah that's what i thought the show was trying to tell okay. me i thought that for and a minute then too yeah when they all when they met each other i was like okay because i wasn't going to buy that for a second because <laughs> those two looked nothing, nothing alike, alike. Right. and i get like not even by trans <laughs> like that was a different face if they were trying to make that younger version of her that was not flying for me. But fortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, the mother in that house... Uh, in the first house? Th- that, uh, was that? In the first house? 
that were in the first house you. before she left and broke off to mm-hmm. form her own house. Yeah, that mother. The mother. Of I the don't house know if. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if she has some sort of strange affectation or if she's just a terrible actress. But I wasn't buying any of her. Yeah. I, every time that she like tried to do these like angry speeches or whatever, her deli- like she was bad and. Uh, again, no offense. I don't mean this is a personal attack. I'm just saying, like, I did not buy her, and everyone else in this show was excellent. Yeah. But there was something about the way that woman talked that was not adding up for me. Like, I don't know. I, am I missing some sort of strange affectation, or is she just bad at this? I'm gonna. And it reminded me of a uh, the uh, state in Maine, right? Okay. I love this movie, and the love interest for Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie. I first saw when I first saw the movie, I just thought that was an affectation of hers. It's like, oh, this is just this weird way that she's playing this kooky character. And then I saw her in something else. It's like, oh no, she's just a bad actress. <laughs> That's a shame. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of a gripe. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Evan. You no, were no, say I, and I and I, before you moved on from that, I I felt the same way. Like when I when we, I didn't. I had the same opinion. I, I was, I did, I feel like this was out of my ha- wheelhouse. Like, this is not a show that's geared towards me, and that's fine. Um, and then when the show starts, it's about that first house. And as I'm watching this, I go, if this show is completely about this, I am not going to like this at all. And I attribute it to that actress. And I don't know if it's me, but when someone consistently refers to themselves in third person, it drives me bananas, <laughs> and that's all she did. I didn't even realize that the, the entirety of the she consistently referred to herself as mother, and which okay. And then as soon as we left that, and we hit the the young African Americans story, and uh, Blanca, like Blanca. her story, mm-hmm. like once we left that house, the stories got so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I was engaged. I was like, see, like I could have done away with that first, the overacting of the first quadrant, to get to the, to get to. I, I didn't need that much because, like, I'm, I'm watching this and like, okay, these five people just stole priceless artifacts from a museum, destroyed the museum, and then they're on the show for the rest. No, no, they would be arrested. I don't care who the perpetrators are, whether they're queens or kings or regular people don't matter they would be in jail but they weren't so i had to let that go <laughs> didn't they go to jail no they, they were arrested and they were let out and they, oh right they were let go for some reason i, I don't remember what that was queens for television let, <laughs> for, television for television reason yeah. but the story of the, the young black guy or young black kid damon the, damon, the dancing like oh i was so in love with him like that was great storytelling that was that was brutal because like I, I will never in my lifetime understand how any parent could treat their child like that and it's I don't want to get into too much of a deeper conversation there as far as like their reasons and whatnot but I hate those people I just freaking hate those people and uh, so so that was that was you know, that was where I was still early on in the show thinking like. Boy, this is just this is just not going to be very fun, is it? <laughs> I'm going to have to be okay with that. Um, and uh, but no, uh, the tone as changed. the show as the show went on, yeah, and the the, the tone kind of changed, and it was hopeful, and that yeah. was what I was I was really not expecting was how 
remarkably hopeful the show was. And I, it was really delightful. Like, that, first off, that kid can dance. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, that kid can dance. That was amazing. And um, that whole scene at the end where he went in to, to, to where she forced him to go to school mm-hmm. uh, and he went into audition was mind-blowing for, for a couple reasons. First off, I mean, just the whole dance routine was outstanding. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, when he did that, uh, Somebody to Love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, I want to dance with somebody. When he did that song, it was just such an incredible moment because it was like you could tell that the show wanted you to think that the two, like the white lady and the white guy, were these buttoned up, stuffy, highfalutin dance folks. They wanted you to think that and that they were not going to be impressed with what this kid was doing and that the black woman was. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted to convey there immediately. And, um, for for listeners, in case you haven't watched this, the very last, uh, or one of the very last scenes of the episode, Damon, one of the characters that we're following, was the kid who was kicked out of his home, and he's homeless in New York, and he gets taken in by Blanca, and she forces him to apply to go to the, I think it's the uh, New York Academy of Dance, um, and this is his, uh, this is him doing his performance to get in um so he he uh pulls out this whitney tape yeah and that that tape so he does that this four cd <laughs> right he just he puts tried. together this incredible <laughs> dance th- dance number but what was particularly incredible about it was that it really showed not just that this kid can dance but that he understands the purpose of dance there is there was nothing about that that wasn't rooted in absolute love of dance including when he went up to he he was (laughs) nervous as all heck before going into this thing and he threw every ounce of that away and just went right to work he was like okay well this is how i'm going to do this i'm going to throw everything i have at it and that includes getting right up and dancing with the the judges at bumped. this table, he bumped her, <laughs> right? He because because it was love, because it was fun, because it was just just one of the most strikingly beautiful things of this kid who's had so much hardship. Mm-hmm. Just uh, dance is the answer for him. Mm-hmm. Dance is, is is everything. It's it's life, and he gets that, and he's trying to convey that through dance to these people that effectively hold his future in their hands. And he accomplished it so incredibly bravely and everything. It was just, it was, a, it was amazing to watch and it was so incredibly well conveyed. And uh, be- uh, again, besides the fact that it was just really good dancing yeah, and uh, that they let him in at the end, uh, it was, it was remarkably moving. I was so happy at the end of it and I was not expecting to be, at all, I was really expecting like lots of stories of abuse and horrible things, and that was part of the show. Don't get me wrong, but there was this other stuff too, and that was great. It was just great. There's they're peppering in the possibilities of problems throughout the entirety of this episode, and and by that I mean um, 
what's the okay so evan peters is the buttoned up white dude who went for the uh, uh yeah uh, i actually hold on let me quicksilver it's yeah Qu- it's quicksilver went for a job and then there's that whole storyline with him uh, and god. oh my god what's the other girl's name angel 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 yeah like that is going to be up like that's gonna go badly that's gonna be a problem oh yeah there's no point. way that's there's no way that's panning out for them hell no. but what i'm so so um yeah so really quick uh i think feel, feel like we should give matt his plot synopsis <laughs> of this episode um so there are a couple different storylines that they're setting up so you've heard us mention a few characters um you have houses which are basically uh communities that were formed in the drag scene where uh if especially in in ball um they were houses which is where people would go when um they didn't have anywhere else to turn it was like their family and there would be a mother or a father or sometimes both they would be the people who ran this house they'd be the leader of the house and it's basically like your dance crew that's the easiest way i can put it Mm -hmm. um so they would be the leaders and anyone who lived under them they lived with their whatever rules were established they were brother they were called brothers and sisters they were treated as a family and um what's happening in this show is you're watching the house that you see this this really uh over-the-top woman that they're talking about um that's the house of abundance that's electra she is like the mother of that house and blanca wants to leave that house and so like blanca ends up i think she's going to be one of the pri- like the primary character of the show but um and then it cuts to before you find out blanca's leaving you meet damon and damon is the person who comes out to his parents and his dad essentially beats the ever-loving shit out of him, kicks him out to the curb, and then his mother goes to him and throws, like, a magazine that basically give, shows that he's gay uh, at his feet, slaps him across the face, and tells him that he is sinful and, you know, she never wants to see him again. So they just disown him, and then he ends up homeless in New York. Um, so you have that storyline, and then you have the storyline with... Uh, I'm trying to remember his actual name. Um, Stan. Stan. Yeah, thank you. So with Angel and Stan, where Stan is now about to work, uh, he's gotten hired to work for Donald Trump. (laughs) Um, And he is like started, he's married with two children and he uh, picks up Angel while she's like hooking on the corner. And um, there's like, there's something starting there. So there's all of these things developing, but Angel and Blanca know each other and end up um angel joins her house and so you have like all of these different stories that are starting and eventually i'm sure that it's all going to kind of collide into one another but you're also dealing with um blanca finding out that she has aids and she has hiv she was just hiv HIV. yeah thank you uh hiv and um damon really wants to be a dancer and like she blanca basically takes that on herself to push him to do that so you've heard us talk about the fact that he then actually does try to get into a school um and it was a real school by the way I, i've i've looked it up it's the new school of dance that's yeah yeah so i just wanted to clarify that and and that's the and that's the the point of this episode and i think they did it well is to show you a smattering of all the storylines that are going to happen but fortunately it didn't go the way both chris and i thought it was gonna go which was horribly down it ended on a like my recollection is that it ended up on ended on a a severely positive 
moment. Yeah, I cried my freaking eyes out. And it was it was heartwarming. It was touching. Mm-hmm. Now, at unfortunately, as I'm watching it, I'm looking at, oh, well, that's going to go bad. That, that relationship is going to go bad. I know something is going to happen. And then I'm sort of waiting for it to happen. But I'm glad I was it, it was it was a surprise. It was a pleasant surprise where everything just ended nicely for this episode. And let's just take a, a breath and let's see where this storyline goes. They all lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad ever happened. Yes, I'm never <laughs> right? seeing I'm never watching another episode. They all lived happily ever after. <laughs> and everyone note. was fine at the end. Yeah. Shout out to Dawson for being a giant douche. <laughs> a shock Shout out to uh I mean, I saw it on IMDb. I don't know how the actual credits went, but at least when I looked at it up on IMDb, the 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 white folks with names definitely seemed to get a little bit more uh, prominent searchability uh, billing than um, the uh, the actual stars of the show. When I saw it, and like even even when Karen looked it up, it, it showed up in a different order than it showed up when I looked it up. Mm. And, uh, I, and I've, even then... I've seen it two ways. And I, mean, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I don't know how I found it the first time. I mean, Evan Peters and Dawson were the first two listed. Yep. But then when I looked, yeah, I looked again, and it was everybody else. And Evan Peters was way down the list. Like, I don't know what the difference is. Or like, if I click on cast, it's weird how it's choosing to list these things. Yeah, but regardless of anything, those characters were pretty small in the uh, the in the realm of uh, things that happened in this show. So, so the the oh. difference between the two is if you're on IMDb, if you're on the TV show for po- like Pose overall, they put it in what I consider to be the proper order, starting with MJ Rodriguez, who is uh, Blanca, and then it has basically the main characters that we care about are listed and they're they're the ones that are more pro- uh, pr- prominent and then when you go to the episode the episode itself that's where the casting starts with Evan Peer- Peters, Kate Mara, James Vanderbeek and then it starts with MJ Rodriguez. So I'm not 100% sure why it was like that other than maybe because it was the very first episode and they were trying to appeal to white people that happened i don't know but they it was stu- it struck me as gross yes and uh only i don't know what that means it's just a one of those things that is a part of our world i suppose but i i really enjoyed this show like i enjoyed the i enjoyed the heck out of this uh i thought it was really really good so thanks for thanks for bringing it up yeah thanks for thanking of me <laughs> uh i <laughs> Two things I wanted to add. One is the um, my uh, take on Electra, the mother that was like over the top. Yeah, I had thoughts on that too. Um, I, I may be wrong because I'm like Angie. I'm not super familiar with drag culture and all of this, but um, my impression of it was that uh, she is just the type of queen who is always on, mm-hmm. no matter no matter what is going on, who's around, or what you know where she is. She's always in that persona and also she is more of an old school drag persona where it has to be like everything is like over the top and you know as big as can possibly be and that was sort of trying to show the difference between her style and the house of abundance and uh mj or um blanca blanca style for the house of of evangelista which was more um kind of 
kind of more natural, but also more artistic and not just so, I don't know, uh, I, sh- I don't want to say anything critical, but she felt kind of ham-fisted to me as a queen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did you did you hear the argument? I think it was the first argument when, when uh, Blanca was leaving the house and Electra flat out says to her, like, you are nothing. You're nowhere near the level that I am. I can pass constantly. Well, not just mm-hmm. that, but she also talked about that she can walk among the world of white folk and she can walk into it. Like she, I can't remember. She like made a reference. It was like a pass for a white woman yeah. on Fifth Avenue or something yeah. like that. And I disagree so it, it with that So it isn't just completely. about. <laughs> like, but I think that's, that's, way more. that's so telling of how she views herself and why she mm-hmm. behaves like she does. Like she literally feels that she is royalty, that she is better than above the like i think that we will as as the show progresses i'm curious to see how her character evolves because i think that there will be things that are revealed about her that will show her more like human side really i hope so uh yeah and i mean i i definitely got that it was my my problem wasn't in the 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 character my problem was in the the delivery Yeah. yeah but uh yeah but I don't know, like, I'm still trying to figure out how that is. Uh, like, it, you know, whether or not that really is her authentically as a as a character or if it's bad acting. And I think it's I think it's the former. Uh, and the other thing that I really struck me was the relationship or the contrast between Stan with Angel mm-hmm. and the and Stan with his wife. And that was like crystallized between two scenes, the scene where he's dropping um, dropping her off after their first date and he asks to kiss her and their kiss. Mm-hmm. And then the two of them are on their anniversary date and on they're on the dance floor and he kisses her. And I was like, wow, the difference between those two kisses. Yeah. Oh, I, I've, yeah, that was, that was very well acted. Mm-hmm. Volumes and that, smoke. So. No doubt. Yeah. And that just, was, that was very well done. Like the, the, I think like the classism that they're showing too that I I guess I just like kind of live in an ignorant little bubble sometimes because you know when he's out with his wife for their anniversary and they're eating the lobster and they're talking she's like oh them fancy people <laughs> um and she's like I can't you know you don't ha- you can't imagine how something's going to taste that you've never tasted before like the way that she's talking about it um it was really interesting to me because you know they they are they're just these normal people but then you look at okay that was their level of normal and how they're coming up in the world and then you look at angel walking in and trying to get a job mm-hmm. and that scene where she goes into like the trump building and basically walks up for the job application and they're like i'm sorry we can't hire you and she was like are you fucking kidding me and you you just know that it's discrimination you just know it mm-hmm. and it was, I thought the lobster thing was pretty weird. Like, have they really never been to Red Lobster before? <laughs> like, eighty-six. Not I everyone get, loves Red Lobster as much as you, dear. I'm just saying, like, them, them lobster, garlic biscuits. Maybe though. it was, <laughs> maybe it was a different thing back in the eighties. But like, I feel like lobster isn't that hard to get. Like, I thought so too. But I thought that like maybe that that look. I, like I said, I know you guys have our full disclosure. Don't know that much about the eighties. Maybe it was very different at that time. But to me, it was it was very much like. We couldn't afford this, but now we can. Kind of. That's thing? what. It, that's what that sounded like they were saying, and I'm like, but wait a minute, it's just lobster. Like, 
Well, it's still to this day, Red Lobster and lobster are two very different things, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Thank ah, malarkey. you, Evan. <laughs> malarkey. Lobster is lobster. That's delicious. No worry. Oh, yes. No worry. Have it, mercy. It, please the, help the me. sea urchin of the... <laughs> yes, anyway. I know that I know that you know, lobster is, is better at, at regular restaurants. But even then, like, all right, if we went over to, like, Oyster Creek Inn or something like that, if we went to any of the seafood restaurants near us here in South Jersey, the lobster's not going to be much more expensive than it is at Red Lobster. Right, like, but it is also know. 2020, Chris. This is 18 or 1986. Seven. Is lobster it's more plentiful here. now than yes. it was in the 80s? Yes, there are lobster farms. I, I feel like it's more, It maybe it's not even that it's more plentiful, as it's more accessible. Like, that's what I'm saying. I guess I, that was my question. Like, was lobster inaccessible back then? These are the questions <laughs> that I need answers to in regards to this show. Was lobster hard to get? Most important of the day. How the much was your lobster? The first Red Lobster restaurant was opened on January 18th, 1968 in Lakeland, Florida. I can't believe you took the time to search <laughs> that shit out. <laughs> we needed to know. It, it was in Canada in the 80s. Uh Canada don't and your know fucking lobsters. <laughs> uh, well, anywho. <laughs> last thoughts. Um, I just was flipping through my notes, and uh, that final dance scene, the dance with somebody, we were just talking about Angel after she like goes out of that job interview, and I remember her, after that, she kind of had like a mini spiral where she like walked out to compete on in the ball. Oh, yeah. And then she gets completely shut down by the audience. And she comes out and she's complaining and she says, I just want my Prince Charming. And Blanca's like, bitch, everybody wants their Prince Charming. That's why it's the only thing that exists in a fairy tale. Um, and what I loved about that is like the way she said it, like, I just want to be with somebody. And then when she's um, with Stan, like he asks, well, what do you want in your life? And she's like, well, I want to take care of somebody. I want to be with somebody and I want them to take care of me and want to be with me. And I want to have a family. And then like the last song is dance with somebody and you've seen how like Damon has gone through all of this rejection and then finding acceptance and finding people that want to be with him and dance with him. And it's like so much emotion. And I feel like there's this really like, there's this connection, right? Like she's saying, I want to find my somebody. And then he's like playing this song, dance with somebody. And just the, the way that he like, broke through all of their comfort zones but then at the very end you know he had been so in his element and it was so magical and then he turns and he faces the wall and he can't look at them mm -hmm. like it's and he's you can tell he is terrified and ashamed he blossomed for this brief three minute period and then he came back to reality and I think that that's such a strong message for what this represents like all of this this ball world this this drag world what this represented for the members of the community because when they stepped back into their lives like the real world you know like um pray tell when he was like i'm a judge i'm this i'm that i'm respected in this community but in the real world i'm a fucking cologne spritzer at macy's you know like this it, to me it just encompassed so much of all of this experience that they collectively have this whole community has and and it's like one person like representing all of that that whole message 
just in this dance and then the way he turns away like i just i forget i went to evan and i was like i can't fuck the show it made me cry so hard it was amazing <laughs> and then the way his his people just like come to him you know the house members just come to him and like they surround him it's just beautiful so i'm really glad that you guys liked the show i feel like little poppy jumped in at the end to jump on that wagon for the love he didn't earn it he, he, he was right he, in there he with the joined group in that hug. hug and chris is like this fucking guy <laughs> <laughs> listen he's new you know i'm sure he'll be important okay but he did say it the best yeah you guys are nothing now but i'm getting in like on the ground floor mm-hmm. like you tried and you may you, you you didn't do horribly you just didn't win this one kind mm-hmm. of thing so yeah and some really good quotes, guys. If you're listening to this, like, really pay attention to some of the things they say. Um, my favorite my favorite line in the whole show was when Blanca was talking about the balls. And she says, you know, when you get rejected by your mother, your father, you're always out there looking for someone to replace the love you're missing. Like, this, it's just so much of struggle and then finding your place and, like, accepting your identity and being accepted for who you are. It's just fucking awesome. Um. Yeah. <sighs> Good pick, hon. Thank you. Good thank you, pick, thank you, Angie. Thank you. Yes, well, well done, done, Angie. Thank you, guys. We, we'll keep you. It's, it's I, all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I put in some effort. Peace. All right. Well, Chris, it is time. It is your turn. Give us the social media spiel. Hold. Okay. Hold, please. Yep. And um, uh, now we're holding. <laughs> I I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twebcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Angie, where can people find you? Twitch.tv slash LaraCraft13. And Evan, where can people find you? They can't! I'm just kidding. Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh, original content. Back to you, Angie. Thank you, Chris. All right, so, Evan... Yes. Mm, you pick next. It and, is uh, give my us, turn. Yeah, give us the down and dirty. What uh, What's our homework this week? All right, so I came across this in just passing. I'm pretty sure it's another Apple Plus show, but I'm not 110. It's called Central Park. Uh, it's an animated show. Um, Josh Glad, uh, Lauren Bouchard. Lots of... <laughs> I'm, I checked out the first episode that's the one we're gonna watch i i i have thoughts but uh i want you guys to watch i want to hear what you guys think about it so it's central park season one episode one just titled episode one awesome all right well i think that is gonna do it for us i survived hosting i'm gonna go throw up a little and cry in a corner just to get it all out but uh from all of us here at this week's episode i'm angie i'm evan i'm karen it's time to find a dream Have a good night, everybody. And this concludes our broadcast day.